0: The, sorry, (laughs) gentleman in Cleveland. You know, that's the heart of what Serve Sunday is all about. And when you notice what is on our, our screen here, it says on your worst day, you need the church. On your best day, the church needs you. See, that's exactly what it's all about. So the gentleman in Cleveland was touched by the church. On his worst day, he needed the church. And we need the church. The church is our community. It's our family. But on our best day we need the church too the church needs you to be in your place so that we can be the church and i want to share with you just a couple statistics as we take a break in the videos here where there's going to be more testimony Um, they're going to finish up what they have to say but i want to share a couple statistics with you at this point so this year uh, actually in in 2022 we reached a milestone in the world population 8 billion people are on the world right now in the world right now 8 billion people but here's the statistic that's really startling only 2.5 billion of those people are Christians and that's worldwide And that means that we have a great job to do. It's the Great Commission. It's what Jesus left us with. Why is it so important that we're part of the church? Why is it so important that the church continues? Because there are 5.5 billion people in the world that need to know Jesus. They need to know exactly what we know, how he has touched our heart and changed our life. And it's so important that we do that work. So here's the the statistic from our very own nation. In 2019, 4,500 churches closed their doors. They closed not to reopen again. And that trend continues. From that time forward, there have been 3,000 to 11,000 churches closing every year. And there are more closing than there are opening. So the church that is here has a big job. And here's another trend. their Young people are leaving the church, and the main reason that they are is because of shifting priorities. Well, when we see something happening in one generation, it's usually because the previous generation has an influence on that. And as people stepped back from the church, their kids didn't know about the church. And so the church is important in our life. And I say it's very important to this generation generation to come back into the church. So our voice is huge. Uh, That's our mission here at New Creation Church, to love, lift, and reach people and to draw them in, not just because we're a church, but because we're his church. And do you know that the church is the biggest thing in Jesus' heart? That is his heart. He loves his church. His church is his bride. He's coming back for his bride. So it's very important what we do. And it's the Great Commission. Um, I want to share with you just a couple scriptures. 1 Timothy 1.15 out of the New Living Translation says this. It says, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Why is it that we do what we do? Because we want to see sinners saved. We want to see people come to know him. And it goes on and it says, I am the worst of them all. And that was the apostle Paul. And he said, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience, even with the worst of sinners. He said, I was in a place and I was so moved and touched by the message, it changed my whole life knocked me down and picked me up (laughs) he said it changed everything for me and I want people to know exactly that same power and you know that's why if you ask all the people and you'll hear it ask all the people that serve here at new creation church that's exactly why we do what we do because we want people's lives to be changed by the same power that changed our life right So on Serve Sunday, we're having the opportunity to show you all of these different areas that you can be a part of. But it's about grabbing hold of a vision. And it's not just the vision of New Creation Church. It's the vision of the Lord. Why did Jesus come? He came into the world to save sinners. That's the Great Commission. That's a mission. That's a mandate for us as the church to share the Word of God. And I want to share another scripture with you, and it's this, it's Romans 12, 1, out of the Amplified, and it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all of the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable rational, intelligent service, and spiritual worship. You know, I love that part, how the Amplified brings out that our service to God is spiritual worship. You know, sometimes we think the worship part is where we raise our hands in the service and we worship Him with songs and, and you know, giving our heart to Him. But I'll tell you, serving is giving your heart to Him. Serving is giving your life to Him. And it's spiritual worship. So for God to accomplish anything, he has to have a partnership. And that's why he calls on us. There's a natural part and a supernatural part to everything we do here at the church. Every single thing. You know, we might love it if if, uh, we didn't have help in the nursery one time. And we could say, Lord, you just come. Come and, and minister in the nursery. Change the diapers. But you know what the Lord's answer would be? I am the Lord. I change not. He said that in Malachi. He said that. Because he counts on us to do our part so that he can do his part. And what is his part? When we step up and we do the the work that he's called us to do, then he anoints us. He graces us. He fills us. He increases us. He gives us more time. He blesses our life. We minister that anointing to babies who grow up in the church, who are raised in the church, who then minister to people everywhere that they are. So it's huge. It's huge. So God does his part, and we do our part, and only we can do our part. Well, I want to go over to another scripture, and it's John 2.2. And in this scripture, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, The next day there was a wedding, a celebration in the village of Cana, Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration and the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. What was his answer? He said, dear woman, it is not our problem. And Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. You know, there's a lot of people that are sitting, that are even coming to church, and they're saying this exact same thing. That's not my problem. My time has not yet come. Well, God hasn't revealed to me what I'm supposed to do. My time, that's not my place. But you know what? It was his time. It was his time, and this is what happens next. His mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Or another translation says, whatever he says, do it. And it says, standing nearby, there were six stone jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing, Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. See, there was a lot of work involved. And what does water have to do with wine? Well, it's really about the obedience. It's about the obedience. They did their part, and then Jesus did his part. And his part was to multiply. His part was the supernatural. His part was to turn the water to wine. But they had to do their part. And so they did. And it says this in verse 11. It says this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time that Jesus revealed his glory. See, that was the first time, but I'll tell you every time, every time we're obedient to obey what he says and we do it his glory is revealed. His glory continues to be revealed. And that's why we say this, on your worst day, you need the church. We need the church to surround us. We need the church for prayer. We need the church for community. But on your best day, the church needs you. The church needs you in your place to surround the body. We need each other. And there are so many rewards, to partnering with him. And it's really a partnership. That's what we're talking about. It's a partnership where we give what we have so that he can give what he has. It's a partnership. And what are the blessings of this partnership? Well, he blesses our life and he intends on increasing our life. As Alan was saying, as you'll hear throughout the testimonies, God grows us up. He prepares us for the next thing. He moves us from one thing to another. He even gives us skills and abilities that will help us in our business and in other places. And... He increases the kingdom of God. So I'll tell you, there's something about it. There's something about taking your place in the church. And we can take our place and partner with him in so many different areas. We partner with him in prayer. We partner with him in our finances, in our giving. But we partner with him in our time, in our talents, in our abilities, and in his body, the church, so that his body can really be moving in the way his body should. Amen? Well, we're going to continue with some more the rest of the story of these testimonies. And I'll tell you, have you loved it so far? Me too. They're powerful. So uh, let's go ahead and see the last part of these testimonies.
1: And I've been attending for several months when the Holy Spirit started prompting me to serve with the nursery team. And I was initially hesitant because I didn't think I was good with babies. But I obeyed and I started serving with the nursery team. And once I did, I just saw doors open one right after another. I gained better friendships. I started to have a community. Other opportunities for prayer school and Bible school opened up to me. I started to feel my life come alive and just start finding who I was as a person, who I was as a believer. And then all of a sudden I was learning about leadership and about the vision. And just one thing led to another. And I don't think that would have happened had I not been obedient.
0: Isaiah 119 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And so it wasn't until I was uh, willing and obedient, I started uh, seeing
2: a
3: change in my life, in my work, and uh, just uh, everywhere I go. One thing that Pastor Mark said that I'll always remember is that oftentimes we're waiting on God to bless us. And sometimes we need to put our hand to work at something first, to position ourselves to receive a blessing from God. And not that we're doing it to um, receive a blessing, but we're honoring God, we're serving Him, and we open up our lives to God and His blessings.
4: I love to see people come into the church and they're getting fed the word and then they realize the impact of their life when they start to serve somewhere and to see that change i mean even their countenance changes that they come in not really understanding or knowing where's my place Um, i love the vision of new creation church every member in their place to see the glory of god and possess the land
3: because you really do see that you can see the impact and the change in people the kids are coming to to give their hearts to Jesus. They're surrendering surrendering to Jesus, but then they're taking the next step and they're actually taking ownership of their youth group and being part of the community they're serving. So they're grabbing their Bibles, they're preparing messages for their peers. um, They're helping with fundraisers, even coming up with ideas uh, for, for the youth. And I just feel like this is a foundation that is being laid for them. Because when they become adults, they're going to enter church community. They're going to receive, but also know how to serve and give back. The relationships with the kids has definitely
2: been one of the best things. Um, again, their they're, they're purity, their innocence, um, doesn't matter what kind of day I'm walking into. Um, they, they just, they lift me up. And then even furthermore, my my mentors, um, Mr. Gary and Pastor Sean, are just, they're just lights in my life. And I know that if I ever um, needed anything outside of Agape Kids, that they would drop whatever to be there for me. And so I just think that fellowship and
5: and building deeper relationships within the church body. I always pray that. The people that need to receive show, uh, even if it's one. And a lot of times I'm like, what if nobody shows up, right? But when, one of the times, the whole pot of women showed up. And it was an amazing experience because it just shows the faithfulness. And it so deeply impacted me um, because it enriches my life. And I leave, I leave, Feeling so fulfilled in knowing that I'm doing what God
1: has called me to do. When I first saw live stream, I saw technology. I saw cameras, I saw switchboards, I saw TVs, and all of that really intimidated me. But then I saw it as instruments of worship. And the moment that I saw a camera as the same importance as the guitar or the violin or the vocals, it changed everything for me because it wasn't just about the technology, it was this is our instrument of worship. And so when we come to play every single Sunday, we're making music. The live stream team is worshiping in the same way that the worship team is worshiping. And so it's not just about the technology, it's about worshiping God.
0: I would encourage just give it a try go out and serve uh, and if it doesn't work out so what uh, you just gave it a little effort
2: is it tacky to say just do it <laughs> I would say I would say do it do it today um, the enemy's gonna give you a thousand reasons not to do it why you're not equipped why you're you're too busy it's not your gift um, but just I, th- I think just speak to that and say, no, I am equipped. I am ready. I have the time. Um, and and yeah, sign up because we need you. The church needs you.
5: Don't wait. Don't Don't wait till you feel equipped enough or you feel mature enough in your faith walk. I like the saying that says, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So if you're feeling called, just do it. And and you won't regret it.
2: It's not a one-person show. We're not lone rangers. We need each other. That's how the body of Christ functions best. Learning to serve and and maybe it's uncomfortable to reach out and say, well, I you know I don't know if this is my right department or not. God will show you. We all know what our our strengths and our weaknesses are. But even in our weaknesses, God can help us to grow. And and I think the team helps build that that. Um, the growth that we need. I I need the others on my team to help me because otherwise I would be, um, I'm just missing the whole point of the gospel. Read Mark 10, 43 through 45. Jesus himself came not to be served, but to serve others and us. I'm humbled by that opportunity. And every chance I get to serve in a different way, um, it's shaping, both inside these walls and outside in the community, just it's shaping me, it's practicing me up, it's training me to to see an opportunity um, to just reach out to someone and serve them. So it's it's pretty cool, it's pretty special. Um, it's just a foundation that you can grow from. So serving others is what Jesus did for us first,
6: but we get to do for everyone else.
5: Just as we receive, we are meant to give back. So. In our church, we are fed, and we are part of a beautiful family, a beautiful part of the body. And we go out and share it with the world, and and in that we um, we spread the impact that our church our church makes in our community, not only in our families, not only in us, but in others, as we're meant to.
1: I would say do it, just do it. It's starting somewhere. I mean, nursery seems insignificant, but it was the most significant thing. It started everything. And what if I wouldn't have done it? Then where would I be? I I don't even want to imagine. And so if you're curious, if you're wondering, if you're being prompted, I would say just do it, and it can be anywhere, and I guarantee you that God will meet you there and that He will start putting people in your life to to direct you and to move you forward, and it's gonna be a community. This is New Creation Church, and it is home, and I'm so thankful that I did it.
3: I would say don't wait. If you're sitting out there, oftentimes I was thinking and waiting for the perfect time to serve, and then I realized, that the perfect time to serve the Lord is now. So don't overthink it. Just step out and see where God takes you. You know, when I started coming to New Creation Church many, many years ago, um,
4: I sat in the congregation. I listened to Pastor Mark um, and I started to apply the things that I was learning to my life. But what I wasn't applying is the servanthood part of it that Jesus has called all of us to do. And so once I started doing that, it was more of a sense of, okay, this is not just a church I'm attending and it's just not another place that I'm serving, but this is my family. Is it hard? Yes. It's hard some weeks. Does it take all
1: of my heart? Yeah, it often does. Is it the best thing that I could do? Yeah. Like... I love God and I love His church and I love people. And this is part of it. This is all part of it. So if one person gets saved or healed or set free, it's all worth it. The good days, the bad days, the hard days, the frustrating days, the impossible days, the days I want to quit, it's all worth it.
2: Just as Nike says, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it
6: today. Just do it. Serve Sunday. What a, a, a tremendous day, not only to acknowledge those who serve, but really to talk about how vital it is. Uh, and how important it is uh, to serve in the local church and in the kingdom of God. And so I just want to start out by thanking every single person. This is just a fraction of the people who set their hand and uh, serve uh, all the time here at New Creation Church. So why don't we just give them a really big round of applause. Every single person. They take out of their time, they take out of their week. Uh, out of their busy schedule. You know, sometimes we say we're too busy, but every single person that you saw right there, uh, every one of them is busy doing something, uh, but they still begin and, and set their hand to serving uh, God. I love the idea of serving so much. It's how uh, really uh, God has enriched my life, our life. Uh, that's how it all started for us. Uh, you know, uh, 40 years ago, uh, 42 years ago, I think it is, 41 years ago, uh, God said, I want you to go there and I want you to help with whatever they need help with. So for 10 years, I was working construction and serving. I've served in almost every area. Uh, Certainly the areas that we've created that are new, uh, I haven't. But in almost every area of the church, I've done the nursery. That sounds a little scary. Um, uh, I was the cleaning department for a while. Uh, uh, You know, youth, uh, I did some bookkeeping. Um, just a number of things, and and there's no greater joy, and as Alan said, you know, some of those things put together for a lot of that time. I was wondering, why did I go to Bible school? What am I doing? Uh, Really, God, what is my call? What is my gift? And I was always confused, like, is it multifaceted? But really, I began to see how God was weaving things together in doing every department of the church to set me up uh, for some other things that he had, and it never stops. I'm so thrilled right now that we still get to serve this local church. And some people think it's different, you know, well, you're in in the pulpit, but it's not like that. You know, Vanessa came in the other day and and we were talking and it was just in my heart. How can I help you? Uh, You know, she's doing some things. It may be on a different level. I might not be over there, uh, you know, when she's uh, ministering in different places, but we're talking about how can I help you with with the ministry that God has called you to do? So we're still serving. And it's so important that we serve and we understand that there's so many facets of serving and uh, uh, they all fit in here. In fact, it's really the call of God that we serve. And so I love this so much, you know, uh, the the ability, the knowledge of how we can serve to understand that it, it takes many people to really even bring this service to pass. And so, you know, statistically in the body of Christ, 20%, and that's even questionable now, if even 20%, 20% of the people in a local church do the work. Do the work. Everybody else comes and they enjoy what the work is, or they complain about how it's not perfect. And they come in and, you know, uh, if we only could imagine, you know, what it would be like if people weren't cleaning the church, you know. And we can talk about you know whether the temperature is right or not, but you know if people weren't doing what they need to do, the lights, the, the sound, uh, the ushers, the greeter, the parking lot, I mean, if nobody was there to greet you, you know, you'd say, this isn't a loving place. There's always somebody to help in some area. You know, What about my kids? And often we just drop them off, and we don't think that much about it, but it takes a, a number of people to minister to your kids, and the idea is they're not just working over there, they're serving God and serving you and serving your children. Uh, uh, really what God's word says to them. And so I just want to read a couple of scriptures here. Uh, I, I just have a little bit of time because we want um, you to be able to talk to people and see if there's a place that God would have you uh, to fit in and to serve. And so, you know, really at New Creation Church, our goal is to really break out of that mold, And to be honest with you, when we look at it, we are over 20%, but not very much. Over 20% people serving. At one time, you know, I did all the statistics. At one time, we were at about 70% of the congregation doing something to serve. And so is it any wonder that we were growing and people were coming in and they were reaching out to other people and drawing them in? Not because we were isolated. Sometimes, we, well, the church and you're just serving in the church and you, that's just so isolation. No, when you're serving each other in the church, something is going on. There's a synergy. You're learning to work with difficult people because Christians are difficult people. Why? Because they're ordinary people. They have their issues, they have their families, they have their problems, and you have an expectation of them, and you start working, and and you start to rub with one another, and you learn love, and you learn joy, and you learn peace, and you learn how to minister to one another, and you learn how to pray for one another. Well, I'd just rather do that out in the world. If you can't do it with your brothers and sisters, you're really not gonna launch out and do it. But when you are doing it with your brothers and sisters, and you are enjoying it, that reflects as a light to people in the world. And they're like, what's going on with you? You're talking about your church brothers and sisters. You're talking about this word that you heard last week. You're talking about why you're, I want to go, and it starts to grow. And we've experienced that. That when it's working together and we're serving one another, it creates an outreach that's really unknown. But see, it's when we start to bite and devour one another, the Bible says that we stop reaching out. But when we encourage and we build one another up and we edify one another, it actually starts to... Pulsate outwards. So listen to what Peter said about that. I'm going to read out of the easy-to-read translation. The easy-to-read translation. Y'all got it? Do we have it? Thumbs up. God has shown you his grace in many different ways. So be good servants and use whatever gift he has given you in a way that will best serve each other. If your gift is speaking, your words should be like words from God. If your gift is serving, you should serve with the strength that God gives. Then it is God who will receive, uh, God who will be praised in everything through Jesus Christ. Power and glory belong to him forever and ever. Now, I know there's many different things within the Bible that we look at, but right here, Peter says, listen, there's going to be a place where we serve one another by sharing the word of God, and then there's going to be a place where we serve one another. We break it down into all the things we're looking for, but he says, you are graced in a powerful way to serve one another, either through speaking the word of God or putting your hand to do something to serve others. And we say that's very difficult and it is very difficult because God's going to call you beyond your time, beyond your effort, beyond your knowledge. Why? Because without, if it's all what you could do, there's no grace needed to do it. But the moment you say, listen, I don't know if I have enough time. I don't know, you know, like Lisette said, I don't even know technology. I don't know that. God says, if you'll put your hand to it, I will grace you. And I just want to tell you something about the, the production department, and it goes with our kids and all that stuff. You know, all the production that you see, and I go to ministries all over the world, and certainly there's, there's professionals that are paid, but I would stack them up with a slight handicap. I would stack ours up against them. And not one of them came to us as a professional. They came like Lisette and said, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll set my hand to do that. And so when you watch live stream, when you're at home watching live stream, you may say, oh, that was a glitch or that was a glitch. But overall, when you look at it and say, wow, how did this happen? We have our high schoolers on cameras back here. They just said, I want to serve, and, and, and they're here serving you and serving you out there watching my live stream. By, by doing this, they're, they're fitting together, and there's something extraordinary about it because there's a grace that comes upon you, and when that grace comes upon you to do more than you could do, to find time that you didn't have, all of a sudden, God is being glorified, and Jesus is being magnified because the people around you say, how do you do that? It would be easy to say, well, you know, but it's really difficult, you know. It's very, it would be difficult, you know, if somebody saw the live stream and said, "Lissette, how do you, I mean, you must have gone to school. How do you do that? And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty good. But she, she I mean, her heart gets to the point where it chokes you up. And she says, I didn't know any of that. But God. And God's glorified, but how did that happen? By the grace that came upon his life. And so when we think we can't, that's a perfect opportunity to know, I can't. This is a great place to start tapping in to the grace of God. And so the vision of the new creation church is this. Every member in their place so that we can see the glory of God and we can possess our land. Every member in their place. See, we want to break out of this 20% uh, mold. Our goal is that 100% of the members of the body begin to serve one another in some aspect in some way, because it's very vital to see that take place. And so in, uh, um, let's see, I'm getting ahead of myself here for the sake of time. First Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse 14, it says, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, somebody say, but now. But now, on serve Sunday. But now, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Where would the body be? God brought you here. I believe with all of my heart. I mean, a number of you have come in and say, man, I I drove by. God urged me. I, I felt called of God. I believe God brought me here. Well, if he brought you here, then he says, I want to set you here as a member of the body. Not simply an observer. Not simply a listener. But I want you to be a doer. Because when you put your hand to something and my grace comes to bear on your life, then I'm glorified. But not only that, my glory, the weightiness of what we're doing as the body in reaching people begins to be significant. It begins to be seen, right? In our own strength, in our own time, in our own realm, in our own busyness. God's not really always glorified, but when we set our hand to something as a member just as he pleased and we experience the grace of God, then we begin to see what? His splendor, his glory, his grace come upon us. People are born again. People are set free. People are healed. Even in departments of the church, people are praying for those in their department and seeing results and having praise reports. It's happening as individual members, as members of the local church body, different departments and their members in particular come together, they gather together to make a whole, and as the body grows, it begins to reach out and touch others in the community. Serving in the body is so valuable, it's so precious, and so as we see that we are members in particular, that there's a grace, there's a gifting, as Peter said in our life, that we should begin to put into practice. That the love of God and experiencing what Jesus did in serving us embraces us and connects us to loving him. When we love one another, it says the love of God covered a multitude of sin. And when we begin to see how Jesus has forgiven us and served us and equipped us and we see that love, we begin to love one another. And begin to move and, and not point out all the faults of one another, but we begin to work together and we begin to work through our inadequacies. We begin to work through our weaknesses and we begin to edify and build one another up that God is glorified. And really that scripture in Peter just really explains the vision of new creation. Church that as we find our place and our grace and we utilize it, God's glory is seen and he's glorified. And we begin to reach out and possess the land that we live in. It's an awesome thing. I'll never regret ever coming and getting a job and serving in the local church. When I was in Bible school and I called Pastor Craig and said, you know what? God called me there to come and help you with whatever. He said, listen, you know, you might not want to come here. There's nothing for you here. You're going to have to get a job. I said, well, I don't know. That's what God called me to do. Come help you. So he said, but there's no ministry thing. I know you're a Bible school graduate, but we don't have a ministry position. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you about that. I believe God's sending me here to help you. And I learned so much in working, construction, building, and beyond that, taking time out to serve, to do Bible studies, to clean the church, to do things that were beyond that and watch God develop. Watch God work with those things, you know, when, when you know, I heard Jerry Savelle say, you know, this is how I learned, in helps ministry, and when I was cleaning, you know, Copeland's offices, and I, I learned, to, you know, just when I was vacuuming the floor, say, hey, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, we're going to walk on this floor, the people who are going to sit in these seats, I'm praying for them, I'm praying for them, and to find the balance between cleaning the floor and praying for people, instead of complaining that somehow during the service they were Trimming their fingernails. And I would find that out by vacuuming them up. And so the humanity is like, what are people doing? But to say, God, I just believe you, that every single person, that even in cleaning, I was participating in the ministry to the saints, not just in cleaning, but the ability to pray for the people who would sit in those seats and walk on those floors that I was cleaning. There's such great opportunity to extend yourself and say, what is my attitude about this? And if it's ministry, I can pray for people, but if it's just me doing something, I can look at all the inadequacies and look at even the faults of people and become bound by it. But that's not God's plan for our life. Amen. I'm running out of time. All right, so I'm going to have to pick and choose. Praise the Lord. So listen, this is a couple of things. So when we serve one another, based on the scriptures that we've looked at, when we begin to serve one another, uh, in serving, we really begin to find our gifts. Some people are waiting until they know their gift to serve, but many times when you begin to serve, you begin to find and stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. He says there in Peter, he says, listen, when you begin to serve you begin to find those gifts and you learn how to steward those gifts properly for the glory of God. Serving brings our gift to maturity by getting the opportunity to work with others. In serving God's grace and his strength, the things that you didn't think you could do, God begins to come and impart to you strength and ability, his grace to do it. And God's glorified. God's always glorified when we serve him in serving other people. Listen, if we don't serve, and we know that God has put things on the inside of us, as his word has said that he's made us members in particular, then actually we're disobedient to God. The body of Christ suffers when you don't serve. And God's not glorified in a lack of service. Who would rather be on the place where God's glorified, where God is helped. So we want to see every member get in their place, see the glory of God. We like that uh, uh, idea that 100% of the people could be involved in serving one another in one area or another. Area or another. Ephesians chapter 4, I want to wrap this up. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Again, uh, coming from the easy-to-read translation. You know, right before this, it says Jesus gave gifts unto man, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so you need those. You know, every single person, I know there's a discrepancy. Every person is not those or not developed in those. You say, how do you know that? I think every person is. Well, we can debate that, but it says these are in the body to equip the saints. If every saint was one fully, what would we do? But there's a difference in that place. So the ministry gifts that we call them, uh, those who serve uh, those, it says uh, in, in the easy to read, Christ gave these gifts to prepare God's holy people for the work of serving, to make the body of Christ stronger. This work must continue until we are all joined together in what we believe and in what we know about the Son of God. Our goal is to become like a full grown man, to look just like Christ and have all his perfections. Then we no longer, then we will no longer be like babies. We will not be people who are always changing like ships that uh, waves carry uh, carry one way and then another. We will not be influenced by every new teaching we hear from people who are trying to deceive us. Those who make clever plans and use every kind of trick to fool others into following the wrong way. No, we will speak the truth with love. We will grow to be like Christ in every way. He is the head, and the whole body depends on him. All the parts of the body are joined and held together, with each part doing its own work. This causes the whole body to grow and to be strong in love. See, if only 20% of your body was working, you would be in big trouble you would be in big trouble. I believe Paul uses this analogy to say we are the body of Christ. How can his body function if only 20% is functioning? We wouldn't do that. But he said, listen, as each part does its share, it strengthens, edifies, and grows the body. And when the body grows and looks like a full-grown example of Christ, it is able to reach out to a lost and dying world. Fragmented, 20% has trouble reaching out to a lost and dying world because 20%, it's really hard to do all that, but 100% coming together becomes very effective in building itself by serving one another till we become full grown to reach a lost and a dying world. Man, so awesome to serve God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you, we glorify you. We thank you for every gift that is on the inside of every single person here. We believe with all of our heart that you have brought them to this place, for multifaceted reasons. But as you've brought them to be a part, this church family, this church community, this church body, this local church body, however you want to word it, you've brought them to be a part. Not to be an observer, but to be a participant. And in that, stirring up, finding, developing, maturing the gifts in them. As the gifts in them mature, they begin to minister and serve even at a greater level those around them, and help them mature. That we all might grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of who you are and be able to reflect to a lost and a dying world what your body, a group of people, a community of people who love you and love one another and serve one another, looks like. That we together would be an example to the world of how we can work together from every part, from every background, from every uh, dysfunction and function. You join us together, having forgiven us, washed us, cleansed us, that we might fit and bring a supply that will grow the body. So I thank you for ministering to every heart and every life. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've set up uh, uh, booths out there from all the departments so that as you go today, We're getting out a little bit early, so you can go today and and you can go around. You can begin to question, ask questions, ask how you can be a part, ask how you can participate. If you don't know, just spend some time talking to uh, different ones and and just seek on the inside, God, where is it that you would like me to fit in and to serve? Amen. Why don't you stand up? Say this, we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make sure you check out a booth. Ask God what he'd uh, have you to do.